Recorded live.
Yes, it's Fame Indeed by the great David Bowie from 1975, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome back to the Wrestling Revisited show, ladies and gentlemen. We're here for a rare Wednesday on this Wednesday, June the 7th, 2017, ladies and gentlemen. 1 724 444 7044, caller ID 1399926. You can join us here till 4 o'clock this afternoon. How on a rare Wednesday it is here as we take you back into our Time Machine show once again in more ways than one. And how fitting the song Fame is fitted for today's uh, moment, however, as we take you back to 1985, September 1985, that is, ladies and gentlemen. And it was on that night that we saw a very historical event in itself, however, called, however, the Night of Champions, if you will, however, as the American Wrestling Association, ladies and gentlemen, a.k.a. the AWA, led by promoter Vern Gagne, however, had his first ever outdoor show in the first ever Super Clash, mind you. Of course, at the time, however, they were going up just a few months after WWE, a.k.a. WWF, however, had done their WrestleMania, mind you, show, however, from Madison Square Garden in New York City, however, in front of 20,000 people and over a million and a half buys. As a result, however, mind you, it was a night not to be soon forgotten. As a result, 20,347 packed into Comiskey's Park, however, of Chicago, Illinois. And as a result, we understand, however, mind you, reports say at the time, however, Super Clash was one of the co-promotional efforts by the AWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, and World Class Championship Wrestling, a.k.a. the NWA and WCCW. The jointly promoted venture was then known simply as Pro Wrestling USA. However, promoter Vern Gagne and Jim Crockett disputed the live game for the show. Jim Crockett claimed that over 288000 while Vern claimed 200000 was made. Due to the money dispute, several NWA stars said to appear on the Gagne's upcoming shows after this particular show were pulled, with some cards all canceled together shortly thereafter. But on this night, however, they tried to, well, let's just say, coexist with one another. And the question was, would they be able to coexist? Well, we'll tell you about it right now as we take you back to 1985 Super Clash. And beginning with the uh, first match of the night, of course, however, it was Steven Regal. No, not Lord William Steven Regal, however. It was another Steven Regal dabbed Mr. Electricity, if you will. As a result, this young gentleman, of course, made his pro debut in 1977 and had been trained by Rene Goulet, the Frenchman, along with Bobby the Brain Heenan, of course, who had had uh, his luck with managerial services with other superstars, including King Kong Bundy, Big John Studd, Ken Patera, among others. Of course, Regal, of course, would retire in 1996. Of course, his father-in-law was the famed Wilbur Snyder. Of course, Wilbur Snyder, of course, as you know, tragically and sadly passed away at the age of 62, however, on Christmas Day in Pompano Beach, Florida, and had been trained by Nick Bockwinkle's father, the late Warren Bockwinkle, if you will, however. But getting back to Regal, of course, ladies and gentlemen, he tried to join his luck in the NWA one year after this particular show, however, and... As a result, however, he won the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship shortly after his rival. However, sad to say, he would not stay very long in the NWA and would show his, uh, let's just say, uh, talents elsewhere when he wasn't in the AWA or the NWA by appearing in the WWF. But he, too, however, did not fare very well in the WWF, however, and as a result, he would pop in and out, however, 
with different promotions, however, over the next decade or so before finally hanging up his boots in 1996. Anyway, as a result, he took on Brad Regans. Brad Regans, of course, a very unique guy in his own right, of course. Uh, as a result, Brad Regans, of course, will tell you about his background here in just a second. Of course, he was from Appleton, Minnesota, trained by Vern Gagne, of course, who was on the headset with the late, great Larry Nelson calling the action on this night. And also Billy Robinson, another guy that Vern Gagne knew all too well. Of course, he wrestled only 15 years in the business, however, and is now retired, however, from wrestling at the age of 63. He also was a coach of the Minnesota Wrestling Club and trained a young man by the name of Jeff Slayrick in the 1980 Summer Games, however, if you will. As a result, however, he then opened up a worldwide professional wrestling school in Minnesota and was inducted into the excuse me, the George Tragos Luthez Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2004. Of course, among some of the superstars that Regal trained in, however, in his career included guys like Rick Steiner, Tom Zink, Scott Norton, Brock Lesnar, Jerry Lynn, Brian Knobs, uh, Vader, and of course, JBL, a.k.a. better known as John Bradshaw Layfield. As a result, of course, these uh, two guys went out for the AWA light heavyweight title, however, here on this night. And as a result, Regal the Champion successfully retained his title in 8 minutes and 15 seconds. All told, uh, a very good opening matchup with two good competitors, and it definitely set the tone early, however, on this night hour, so this was a good way to kick off the show. Up next, however, it was the AWA Women's title on the line, as the current champion, Candy Devine, of course, take, took on Sherry Martell. Of course, Sherry Martell, as you know, passed away a while back, however, and of course, her two uh, cohorts, Playboy Buddy Rose and Doug Summers, of course, are now with her at her side up there in the great ring above the sky, however, if you will. As a result, she tragically passed away at the age of 49, however, due to a drug overdose and had one child, did Sherry Martell. But Sherry, of course, was a very unique wrestler, no question about it. She began her career, of course, in the early mid-'80s, of course, and as a result, however, she uh, also had a chance to manage two other guys before uh, managing Playboy Buddy Rose and Doug Summers, however. They turned out to be two unique guys known as the Heavenly Bodies, simply disguised as Pat Rose and Dr. Tom Pritchard. As a result, of course, she would also manage down the road a young man by the name of Shawn Michaels, despite the fact that she and Shawn Howard first met in the AWA Howard as rivals Howard. They began, well, let's just say a unique business relationship Howard between the two of them down the road in the 90s Howard before Sherry decided to uh, head out of wrestling altogether of the WWE, however. As a result, her final uh, in-ring career, however, mind you, occurred, however, in 1997. Sadly, however, she would continue to be uh, a competitor off and on, however, mind you, however. And as a result, however, she, uh, needless to say, was inducted into the Hall of Fame by Ted DiBiase in April 2006. And then, of course, headed off to TNA where she was hoping to uh, get her career started once again. As a result, sadly, however, she died at her mother's residence near Birmingham, Alabama in June of 2007. And a few months later, however, reports said, however, that she uh, died while having multiple drugs in her system. The sensational one was quite a unique competitor, and despite the fact she managed guys like Greg Valentine, Jake the Snake Roberts, Kevin Sullivan, Randy Savage, Ric Flair, Salvatore Belomo, Shane Douglas, among others, however, she also was a pretty good women's champion in her own right. 
As a result, however, she held the AWA Women's title once and the WWE Women's Championship once. Also in 1991, she was named Manager of the Year by the Wrestling Observer, believe it or not. As a result, she uh, somehow won the AWA Women's title here on this night by defeating Candy Devine in 11 and a half minutes, however, to uh, become the new AWA Women's Champion here on this night. As a result, this was a pretty good match, however, and it, again, just like the opening match, served its purpose, however. As a result, it wouldn't be until the end of 1985, going into 86, that she would have greatest success, however, as she became a big-time manager for Playboy Buddy Rose and Doug Summers, hoping to lead them to the AWA Tag Team titles. As a result, ladies and gentlemen, it's a very interesting match, let's just say, on this night. Up next, however, it was a very unique match in its own right for the IWA Heavyweight Championship. Of course, the IWA, same for International Wrestling Association, the masked man himself, Mel Mascarez, who, of course, is the father of former WWE and current TNA superstar Alberto El Patron, better known to you all as Alberto Del Rio, took on Playboy, but, Playboy Buddy... Boy, Buddy Roberts, if you will, for the IWA Championship, and as a result, he defeated Buddy Roberts inside of seven minutes. Buddy Roberts, of course, is another guy who we lost tragically very young, however, at the age of 65 due to pneumonia, however. He was also a member of the Fabulous Freebirth team, which included Michael P.S. Hayes, of course, and Terry Bam Bam Gordy, who we'll be talking about here in just a little bit, however. And on this night, however... Uh, Roberts would come off a little short of his effort, however, by winning the IW, excuse me, the IWA Heavyweight Championship. Uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty good match, and it served its purpose. However, Mil Mascarez, of course, as you know, has been a very unique guy over the years. Of course, as we said, he is a uh, very unique guy in his own right. Of course, he will be 75 years old coming up here in less than a month from now, and of course, is the father of legendary superstar, however, Alberto Del Rio. Oddly enough, however, he began his wrestling career the day after his 23rd birthday, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, and has been wrestling all over the world since. If that's not all, however, he has also appeared in some films during his career, however, most notably some uh, interesting Mexican films, let's just say, in more ways than one. And we'll tell you some of those titles coming up here in just a little bit, including Mil Mascarez in Aztec Revenge and Mil Mascarez in the Academy of Doom. Now, if that's not all, the masked man, of course, however, uh, has had also had another nickname bestowed upon him during his career, and that is known as the man that has a thousand faces. As a result, however, he is indeed a very unique luchador, to say the least, and of course, has had many great success during his career, let's just say. Now, before we continue on with our next match, ladies and gentlemen, a quick reminder, beginning at 6.30 tonight, ladies and gentlemen, joining Mr. WCW and myself with a very special edition of Outside the Ropes, 14138 we'll be talking about the latest politics, music, movies, news, and everything under the sun, and also maybe a trivia contest will be thrown in there, too, just after 6.30 p.m. Then at 8 o'clock, join myself, the Black Widow, and Gerard T. Smith with a very special edition of Wrestling Debate, 139925 Pound. And at 9 o'clock, we'll be back with your Revolution Show. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, 138055 Pound this evening. We'll be talking about, I'm sure, what went down last night in Rochester, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, SmackDown as Money in the Bank is starting to heat up, however, in the next few weeks, as we will discuss that tonight here on the Mothership Show. Then tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, begin at 7 o'clock. Join Gerard, myself, the Wolf Queen, and of course, uh, Heavy Metal as well as uh, 
none other than uh, the classy lady herself, the Black Widow herself as well, joining us at the round table, 14562 at 7 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. And then tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, a very special edition of Wolfpack Radio, episode 102, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, 102 will be in the books, ladies and gentlemen. And that should be very exciting, to say the least, ladies and gentlemen. And that promises to be a very good show coming up tomorrow night. The caller ID is one three eight five two one pound. Be sure to check that out after nine o'clock. Of course, uh, John Gross and I will have a lot to talk about along with Gerard. Gerard and I will have your news and uh, headlines for you as we do each and every night here on the show. And of course, John, our good friend, the Human Suplex Machine Gross, will have your birthdays and dates in history, including some very special birthdays in more ways than one. Then on Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, join Power Hour at 4 p.m. with Mr. WCW and myself. Of course, 141364 is the caller ID. And then the Attitude Radio with the John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, however, of Saturday Night Live, if you will, and the Sheldon Dodds and Gerard will be back again at the Wrestling Revisited Roundtable, of course, beginning just after 9 o'clock this Saturday night. The caller ID is 138982. Be sure to check that out this coming Saturday. Also, ladies and gentlemen, coming up next Monday, ladies and gentlemen, a very historical uh, day in itself, of course, here on Raw Radio. Of course, the caller ID is one three eight seven four four pounds. Gerard, myself, John Gross, the Heartbreak Kid, Fonzie, and whoever else comes on the line, we'll be talking about the upcoming Money in the Bank show with some uh, bets being made, maybe, perhaps, and also we'll give you our thoughts about the show itself. But also, ladies and gentlemen, the countdown continues up to our 100th episode, and next week, ladies and gentlemen, on Monday, we will be celebrating episode number 97, folks. That's right, 97, four-way from history itself, however, as we are counting down the weeks, however, leading into our big 100 show. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, in case you're wondering when that big show will be, it will be coming up on Monday, July the 3rd, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, folks, celebrate right before the 4th of July and America's birthday with your Raw Radio gang, however, with episode 100. Now, coming up, however... Uh, two weeks from this coming Monday, June 26th, however, on episode number 99, we will take a look back at the first 99 episodes and share with you our thoughts and memories and stories. And also, who knows, however, we also might be talking more about anything and everything under the sun that day, but we will definitely let you know what's going to be happening in the next few weeks, ladies and gentlemen. So you might want to stay tuned here on TalkShoe, because you never know what you're going to see and get, however, in more ways than one. Anyway, let's get back to the action now, ladies and gentlemen. However, with Super Clash 85 and tell you what went down on the show, ladies and gentlemen, as we take a look right now into our fourth match of the evening, and here's what match number four was. It was a very unique six-person tag consisting of Greg Gagne, Scott Hall, and Kurt Henning. Of course, uh, sad to say we lost Kurt Henning a long time ago, taking on the duo of two of the Three other great legends in a six-person tag consisting of Ray, the Crippler Stevens, Nick Bockwinkle, and the living legend from my hometown, Larry Sabisco, former AWA champion and Vern Gagne's son-in-law. As a result, these six guys busted their tail, and this was one of the better matches of the evening by far, if you ask me. As a result, Henning, Hall, and Gagne picked up the dupe over Stevens, Bockwinkle, and Sabisco, and as a result, it went 12 and a half minutes. Up next, however, uh, a very unique, uh, entertaining matchup, if you will. The NWA World's Midget Championship, consisting of Little Tokyo, the champion, taking on Little Mr. T. Of course, Little Tokyo, better known to you all as Shigeru uh, Akiban. I want to say, however, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, sad to say, of course, he wrestled for 20 years, and sadly, we lost him due to a heart attack several years ago at the age of 70, of course. Uh, Russell for 20 years, of course, in uh, 
Pro Wrestling Force and was also Windy City Wrestling Midget Heavyweight Championship twice, however, as well as Midget's World Champion three straight times, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, took on Little Mr. T here in a very special uh, bonus attraction match, if you will, however, and as a result, went seven minutes long with Little Mr. T. Uh, that being said, I thought this match was entertaining. It was good. Of course, back in the day, uh, a lot of the midget wrestlers you had on were guys like the Haiti Kid, Lord Little Brook, uh, Little Tokyo, however, uh, Little Beaver, if you will. Uh, that being said, I thought it was a pretty good match and entertaining for what it was. So, again, I thought these two guys uh, made uh, use of what they had to be used for. And as a result, I thought these guys put on a very entertaining matchup, if you will, however, uh, with each other. So uh, that being said, that's what I thought, however, as far as the matchup goes between uh, Little, uh, like I said, however, uh, these two gentlemen, referring to Little Mr. T, and uh, uh, like I said, however, I thought it was a very uh, interesting uh, matchup, if you will, however. Uh, That being said, however, I thought it was a good match, however, so that being said, Overall, however, uh, I thought it was an okay matchup, if you ask me. Uh, so, uh, that being said, uh, like I said, however, that being said, huh, that's what I thought of the matchup, if you ask me. So, uh, that being said, however, uh, that was what I thought of the opening matchup. Excuse me, not the opening matchup. That was what I thought of the fifth matchup on the card, if you ask me. So, uh, that being said, however, that's what I, uh, thought of the matchup overall between uh, these two gentlemen. Up next, of course, another six-person tag. This time it was for the Asian six-person tag team titles. I know it's unusual to say those words, but that's what it was here. Uh, It consisted of Jumbo Tursada, Giant Baba, and Janichiro Tenru taking on Harley Race, Bill Irwin, and his brother Scott Irwin uh, for the titles. Of course, uh, Tenru was the champ, of course, going into this matchup. As a result, Tursada, Baba, and Tenru picked up the win over Race and the Irwin brothers in 11 minutes. Uh, quick side note on Jumbo Tursada, of course, Jumbo, of course, was the man who, back in the day, lost the AWA World's Heavyweight Champion to the man who would fight in the main event here only one year before, uh, the model Rick Martel, of course, however, on this uh, on particular evening, however. As a result, of course, Tursada and company picked up the win here. As I said, Tenru, uh, needless to say, uh, was the champion at the time. Uh, Giant Ball, of course, sadly, we lost him in 1999 due to cancer at the age of 61, eight days after his 61st birthday. Uh, He did make his pro debut, believe it or not, at the age of 21. He stood an amazing 6'10", 300 pounds back in the day. Known as the Giant of the East, however, uh, this gentleman was very unique, of course. He was... uh, uh, like I said, uh, uh, All-Asia Tag Team Champion three straight times, NWA International Heavyweight Champion three straight times. Uh, see some other records of him. The All-Asian Heavyweight Championship once, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship twice, the PWF World Heavyweight Championship, better known as the Pacific World Wrestling, Wrestling Federation, however, four straight times, believe it or not. And... Uh, during his reigns, however, they were amazing. Uh, during his four rank, combined total reigns, time with Stan Hansen, uh, he held the record for a combined 3,817 days. 3,817 days, bigger than life itself, folks, including the first reign that lasted for close to five years, if you will, over 1,800 uh, 
days, however, was the record. Of course, he won a series of 10 matches, the last against the late, great Bobo Brazil. Of course, he would drop the title, however, in June of 1978 to Toro Kamada. He would win it back again a second year later and begin his second reign the following year in February of 1979 in Chicago, Illinois, and hold the title for almost two-plus years, if you will. So you talk about a guy who uh, was very unique back in the day, Howard. It was definitely Giant Baba, no question about it. Uh, Tenru, of course, uh, as you know, was a very unique wrestler in his own right. Tursada, of course, uh, we lost him, sadly, in May of 2000 at the age of 49 due to kidney failure. Uh, he did begin his career, believe it or not, at the age of 22. He did retire, however, in February of 1999. He also has three sons, Ken, Yuji, and Naoki. Of course, as we said, folks, he did uh, defeat... Uh, Nick Falkwinkle to win the AWA Championship in February of 1984, only to lose it a few months later to Rick Martel, however, mind you, however. But believe it or not, he fought in his career over a quarter of a century, over 3,300 matches, and some of the opponents included guys like Tenru, Abdul the Butcher, Terry and Dory Funk Jr., Vern Gagne, Harley Race, Rick Martel, Ricky Choshu, uh, the late Jack Briscoe, Rick Flair, Nick Falkwinkle, the destroyer Stan Hansen, Billy Robinson, of course, the late great bruiser Brody. So, folks, uh, Jumbo Tursada was a very unique guy in his own right, too. No question about it. Uh, of course, Bill Irwin, of course, as you know, a very unique guy back in the day known as Wild Bill. He was also at one time a WF superstar known as the Goon. Uh, he is still with us referring to Bill Irwin. He is 62 years old, of course. Uh, he was trained, of course, by his, uh, I believe, brother, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he was trained by his brother. Believe it or not, uh, sadly, of course, his brother Scott passed away at the age of 35 due to a brain tumor in September of 1987. Uh, he did make his pro debut, believe it or not, at the age of 14, believe it or not. 14 years old, believe it or not. I think he did. Let me just double check here to be sure. No, 24. Sorry, 24, folks. 24 years old. Uh, he, of course, also had a team uh, name called the Super Destroyers. Later changed to the Long Riders. Uh, sad to say, as we said, he wrestled his last match uh, in late 1986, however, mind you, and sadly, a year later, in September of 1987, however, uh, he passed away at the age of 35. He also had, at one time, legendary manager Skandar Akbar and Sir Oliver Humperdinck manage him. So, uh, Bill Irwin, of course, a very unique guy in his own right. Or, excuse me, Scott Irwin. Uh, Bill Irwin, of course, better known to you as the goon, however, if you will a.k.a. Super Story number one, of course, is still with us, however, at the age of 62. Of course, uh, he also was known as Wild Bill back in the day, of course, because of his temper. So there you go. Up next, a very unique match for the WCCW Texas Heavyweight Championship. Kerry Von Air, making one of his two Super Clash appearances here on this uh, particular night, took on uh, Jimmy Gorman, a gorgeous man himself, for the Texas Heavyweight Championship. As a result, the champion was Kerry Von Erich going into the matchup, and Kerry Von Erich walked out of the match, however, as your heavyweight champion still winning inside of seven minutes. Next, it was a six-person tag for the NWA World Six-Man Tag Team Championships, fitting the champs. Crusher Khrushchev, the Russian bear Ivan Koloff, who tragically we lost earlier this year, and his nephew Nikita Koloff taking on the Crusher, Dick the Bruiser, and the Baron, Baron Von Rasky, who we will later see however, show up in the NWA, however, uh, Within a year or so, however, uh, for the world's six-person tag team titles, this went nine minutes long, however, and as a result, the Crusher, Ivan, and Nikita picked up the win here. Crusher Khrushchev, better known also to you, ladies and gentlemen, 
as Barry Darso, aka Demolition member Smash, if you will. Back in the day, he's still wrestling to this very day. He was also known as uh, Blacktop Bully, uh, Mr. Hole-in-One, and the Repo Man. He was trained by the late Eddie Sharkey, Howard, and Carl Gotch. Excuse me, Eddie Sharkey is still alive, I should say, pardon me. Uh, he, of course, recently turned, uh, did Sharkey, if I can just dig up his information here, turned 80 years old last October. And, of course, some of the superstars that he's trained over the years include Jesse the Body Ventura, the uh, legendary team, the Road Wars, uh, Ravishing Rick Rude, Bob Backlund, Jerry Lynn, Sean Waltman, John Ord, the Barbarian, uh, Rick Steiner, Eric Rowan, Sean Waltman, uh, Bob Backlund, as I mentioned, uh, Precious Paul Ellering, uh, Ricky Rice, however. Let's see, who else is he training? Let's see if we can find any more, some big names for you. Uh, Medusa Michelli, a.k.a. Alundra Blaze. Uh, of course, Nikita Koloff. Uh, Vladimir uh, Petrov and uh, others, if you will. He also, believe it or not, was at one time named in 2007 as a member of the Cauliflower Alley Club, receiving the Lifetime Achievement Award, and also the U.S. Heavyweight Championship Central States version once during his career. So Eddie Sharkey has had a very unique uh, career, to say the least. He, of course, broke into the business when being trained by the late great Boris Malenko, the professor father of Dean Malenko, and Bob Geigel, if you will. So, uh, needless to say, he's had quite a career, has uh, Mr. Uh, Sharkey, if you will. But uh, that being said, that's what happened here on this night. Up next was a $10,000 body slam match pitting uh, Crusher Jerry Blackwell taking on Kamala, the Ugandan giant. Uh, Jerry Blackwell, sadly, of course, we lost at the age of 45 uh, due to the fact how he had suffered uh, injuries in an automobile accident how one month before. Of course, he was five foot nine, 465 pounds, better known to you all as uh, the Canadian Bumblebee. Uh, he was a very unique guy, no question about referring to Jerry Blackwell. Uh, he was also known as uh, the man from Stone Mountain, Mr. Big, and, of course, the Crusher. Uh, as I said, ladies and gentlemen, as a result, however, uh, at one point, however, one of his most famous interviews, however, happened at one time. He drove nails into his head with a two-by-four, if you will. Uh, so, yeah, this guy was very unique, no question about it. He also tried to compete back in the late 80s, 70s, early 80s with the World Wrestling Federation. Unfortunately, he never made it. He uh, also feuded with guys like Hulk Hogan, uh, Bruiser Brody, and, of course, Mad Dog Fashawn, if you will. Uh, but on this night, of course, Jerry Blackwell decided to keep his in-ring status uh, going, if you will. As a result, this went 10 minutes and change, and as a result, Jerry Blackwell ended up picking up the win. Uh, a quick side note, however, on that uh, Trisada Bobatev rematch, however, mind you, it was never mentioned outside, however, of any uh, show on this uh, program. And in fact, records are not indicating if the trio wore the belts of the ring or not, however mind you, on this night, but we're not really sure. Anyway, up next was one of my best favorite matches of the entire night, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, taking on the fabulous rebirth of the AWA Tag Team titles. As a result, the Road Warriors won on disqualification. Now, originally, they had defeated Michael Hayes, excuse me, Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy had actually won the titles, however, from the Road Warriors in their hometown. Of course, the Road Warriors come from Chicago, of course. However, moments later, Vern Gagne reviewed the instant replay and decided to give the titles back to the Road Warriors disqualifying the Freebirds. This, of course, did not make the Freebirds of Gordy and Hayes very happy, despite the fact that they wore face paint to the re a la Road Warriors. However, this thing got plenty of heat from the fans, 
As a result, however, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, excuse me, with their manager, Precious Paul Elling, somehow came up with the win, however, mind you, on this night and retained the AWA Tag Team belts. Uh, this was, again, a great match. I thought these four guys really worked hard, and uh, it's really good to see both of these teams finally now in the WWE Hall of Fame. Of course, these are two of my favorite, all-time favorite teams. I was always a fan of the Road Warriors growing up, of course. I loved Hawk and Animal. I loved the Freebirds even more. Uh, so I would say this is one of my favorite matches of the entire card. So there you go. Up next, of course, ladies and gentlemen, was another unique match. This time it was for the AWA Americas Championship. As Sergeant Sarr, the champion, defeated Boris Zukov by DQ in nine and a half minutes. Of course, Boris Zukov, back in the day, of course, a very strong man in his own right. Uh, better known to you all as uh, Private Jim Nelson or simply Jim Nelson. Uh, he, of course, was managed by Sheik Anon Al Casey again. Uh, surprisingly, he's still with us, referring to Boris. Uh, he is 58 years old now, staying 6'2", 295, if you will. He made his pro debut, I should say, in 1978. He did retire in 2002, and, of course, the stars we know about him. He has had quite a career, to say the least, from back in the day, uh, growing up uh, on Paris Island, South Carolina, if you will, staying 6'4", 305. Uh, breaking into the business in the mid-70s, of course, and beginning his career with the NWA later on in the AWA, if you will. He also was a WWE superstar over the years, however, that thought with guys like Pat Patterson, Bob Backlund, the Iron Sheik, among others. Uh, of course, he also had great managers that uh, really guided him in his career, including uh, Lord Alfred Hayes, uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, the late Ernie Roth, a.k.a. Grand Wizard, one of my favorite managers, uh, Sheik Adnan Al Casey, and of course, Sir Oliver Humperdinck. Uh, of course, as you know, however, he continues to be a regular with the WWE and has been around for a long time. He is 68 years old, of course, and is still very active to this day, somewhat, even though he doesn't wrestle that much anymore. Uh, that being said, that was for the America's Heavyweight title. Up next was one of our featured matches of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, of course, and it pitted the AWA World Heavyweight Champion. Excuse me, this was for the NWA World Heavyweight Title. This was for the AWA Championship. This was my mistake. This pitted Ric Flair, the champion, taking on Magnum TA. Of course, Magnum TA later on in 1985, within a few months, of course, would go on to feud with Tully Blanchard in some very serious battles, including the infamous Bloody Steel Cage match at Starcade 85, The Gathering. But on this night, Ric Flair and Magnum TA continued that feud that had been picking up since early in the summer. As a result, Ric Flair retained the NWA World Championship, however, in 19 minutes and changed, defeating Magnum TA, a.k.a. Terry Allen. Uh, sad to say, Magnum TA, a year later, would uh, have his career cut short due to a severe accident that he suffered, however, and kept him paralyzed for quite some time. Unfortunately, however, uh, TA never wrestled again, which is an unfortunate thing. Flair, of course, as you know, is a two-time champion, excuse me, Hall of Famer, a 16-time world's champion, and, of course, is still very active in the business pretty much to this day. As far as Magnum goes, uh, it's a shame that WWE and uh, the whole wrestling world has forgotten him since the car accident. Uh, personally, in my opinion, I think Magnum TA should go into the Hall of Fame. I think this is a guy that next year I hope WWE gives special consideration to. I know they inducted his good friend a while back, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and uh, some of his other friends into the Hall of Fame over the years, including uh, the Road Warriors. Uh, TA, of course, is a very active participant. I know it's, I believe it's his son or daughter is now in the business, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, TA, of course, as you know, was also, of course, uh, involved with a lot of other things during his career, of course. 
Uh, he recently, just a few days ago, I believe, had a birthday, believe it or not. Excuse me, this coming next week, I should say, will be having a birthday this Sunday as he will be turning 58 years old. So happy birthday to the former U.S. heavyweight champion, uh, Magnum T.A. Of course, he also had some great battles back in the day with guys like uh, Nikita and Ivan Koloff, uh, not just with Ric Flair, like I said, but the other two. Tully Blanchard was another one. Um, needless to say, as you know, he uh, also uh, had a chance, believe it or not, to uh, make his first wrestling appearance in years a long time ago. And, and an event tribute to Starcade, however, on November 19, he soon wrote this corner as he lost to Tully Blanchard. Uh, he made his first appearance at the Vengeance of Champion, uh, WWE Vengeance Night of Champions pay-per-view, however, like I said, however, uh, that occurred, however, mind you, in, uh, like I said, 2007. Uh, very unique uh, night, to say the least. As a result, of course, he... Uh, like I said, however, was known as a former U.S. champion. He also uh, became a has become a born again Christian. Uh, he was known at one time as America's heartthrob because of the way he looked. Because everyone said he looked like Tom Selleck, according to uh, Rick Flair, among others. But like I said, he's had a very unique career, no question about it. Uh, sad to say, he would get out of wrestling, however, by the late '80s and not return to wrestling, however, mind you, until two th- in the early 2000s. But uh, Magnum has become a very unique guy, and one of my favorites of all time. It's just a shame, like I said, his career ended so suddenly, however, due to the accident in October of 86. But uh, back in the day, he was a very unique guy, and he could always uh, give it his all 100%, no matter what, whether it be guys against like Ric Flair, the Koloffs, uh, Tully Blanchard, certainly, no question about it, and even the Midnight Express, you know. So uh, that being said, of course, also one of his other best views, of course, was back in the day in Mid-South Wrestling when he took on Mr. Wrestling 2. Speaking of uh, the AWA Championship, now let's go to that, Howard. And that was kind of the letdown here to close out the show. It was pinning the champion Rick Martell taking on Stan Hansen. It only lasted a few minutes, however, because the two of them ended up in a double count. This was a pretty crummy way to end the show, if you ask me. Personally, I think it should have been Ric Flair and Magnum closed the show, and this should have been bumped up to Ric Flair's spot, Howard, as the semi-main event, Howard, and... Uh, Rick Flair and then Magnum could have closed out the show, if you ask me, but it is what it is, you know. Uh, that being said, this ended in a double countout with Martell and Hanson in two and a half minutes, so there you go. Um, overall, however, I thought it was a pretty lousy way to end the show, so that being said, as I said earlier, it could have been a lot better. So there you have it, folks, Super Clash 85, the night of champions, ladies and gentlemen, live from Miski Park in Chicago, Illinois. A uh, very, very interesting show. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, I would have to give this show a 7.5, almost an 8 out of 10. I thought it was pretty good. I did like it. However, probably my two favorite matches of the night would have to be uh, the Flair-TA matchup and certainly the tag team matchup with a close third uh, being the six-person tag involving Greg Gagne, Scott Hall, and Kurt Henning. Uh, the matches that I thought that could have been a little bit better, even though they were a little short, obviously the, se- the main event was one of them. And even though this one was another short one that could have been a little bit better, for some reason, I just wasn't really entertained by the Jerry Blackwell-Kamala match or even the Kerry Von Erich-Jimmy Garvin match. You know, I didn't think those matches entertained me at all. So those three were my big disappointments of the show. So there you have it, folks. Uh, My thoughts on Super Clash 85. And that is what I have to say about that. 
Now, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back in our normal time slot, Howard, at 7 p.m. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, we will also be celebrating another historical achievement itself here on Wrestling Revisit. Of course, we are closing out our 70s here in style this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, how fitting it is. And, of course, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we will start off the 80s with a bang with episode number 80. Yes, folks, the big 8080 will be here on Talk Shoe, ladies and gentlemen, next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Gerard and myself will be back in our time machine again. Of course, who knows what moment King will be digging up this week, or should I say next week, when we come back to you in our regular time slot at 7 p.m. Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, as we said, however, a lot more to talk about, of course, coming up uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on Wrestling Debate. It should be a very good show. Of course, tonight we will be celebrating a very interesting show in itself, ladies and gentlemen, on Wrestling Debate. Of course, coming up uh, tonight, we will be celebrating episode number 56, however, on the Wrestling Debate. That should be a lot of fun. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we will be celebrating later on tonight, of course, episode number 56 of Outside the Ropes, and of course on Wrestling Revolution, ladies and gentlemen. We will also be celebrating episode number 344. Yes, folks, 344 on Revolution tonight. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, one last thing. We will be celebrating uh, episode number 56 of the debate. Uh, Tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, on Top Heel, we will be doing episode, uh, episode, if I can just find it here, just a second, I'll tell you what it is here. Episode number 19. Yes, folks, we'll end our teens in style, however, with episode number 19 tomorrow night on Top Heel Inc. So you might want to check that out. We'll be back on the show uh, coming up uh, tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, with episode number 19. And then, of course, next following week will be episode number 20. So, folks, those are all the updates to the moment, ladies and gentlemen. It should be a very action-packed uh, show, shall we say. Uh, some other things I'm going to discuss, obviously, of course, a lot of uh, other wrestling news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk about it here real quick. Uh, in case you're wondering, uh, last night, of course, a very interesting night of uh, wrestling on SmackDown, if you will. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Uh, of course, uh, as you know, this past week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it was a very interesting night, however, to say the least, however, on uh, uh, w- on the WWE Network, of course, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that being said, of course... Uh, Last, uh, I was going to say, last uh, Monday, should I say, this past Monday, I should say, excuse me, you had three legendary figures there, Bruno San Martino, Randy Orton, Ric Flair did the show, of course, coming up, ladies and gentlemen, next Monday, not this Monday, but a week from Monday, ladies and gentlemen, we will have an exciting show for you there, as uh, it will be Kelly Kelly, Maurice, and Eve Torres getting their turn to sit down and have a sit down and discuss, a uh, very frank discussion, if you will. That should be very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so who knows what we're going to see this coming next week, ladies and gentlemen. It will be very, very exciting, as that will be entertaining to watch. Um, so that will be a week from Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, getting back to Money in the Bank, folks, real quick. Uh, just an update on the card that will be coming up in St. Louis a week from Sunday, which, by the way, next Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, not this Sunday, but a week from Sunday, beginning at 5 p.m., join the panel on uh, the Revolution Show. Of course, we will be getting some bets in made, of course, I'm sure, and we'll also be talking about the Money in the Bank pre-show, of course, right before the event takes place live from the Scott Trade Center in the Gateway to the West, St. Louis, Missouri. Now, here are the matches that have been listed so far. It will be for the WWE Championship, Jinder Mahal, the current champion, with his friends, the Singh Brothers, taking on the Viper in his hometown, Randy Orton. The Viper looking to strike back and literally take back what is his. 
The question is, can he do it and will he do it? Well, we're going to find out coming up next Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, live in the loo. Also, ladies and gentlemen, for the Tag Team Championships just announced last night, it will be the New Day, consisting of Kofi Kingston, Big E, and Xavier Woods going after Jimmy and Jay, the Uso brothers, Tyler Breeze, and Van Dango, of course, have been pushed off to the side for the time being. Not very happy about Shane and Daniel Bryan's call on that one, I'm sure. As a result, however, they will now have to sit back and watch and see the Usos deal with the New Day coming up at Money in the Bank. Also, ladies and gentlemen, just announced last night, however, a six-person challenge, of course, as we said just a few weeks ago, it was announced that has made been made official. It will consist of the King of Strong Style, Shinsuke Nakamura, taking on Kevin Owens, taking on AJ Styles, taking on Sami Zayn, taking on Baron Corbin, taking on Dolph Ziggler to see who will be the person to win Money in the Bank. And for the first time ever, yes, I said it, folks, for the first time ever, it will be a women's Money in the Bank ladder match consisting of the following. Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Tamina, Natalia, Carmella, and the winner of that will be going on to face the current champion, Naomi. So, folks, things are starting to shape up in a big-time way. And, of course, as you know, we will let you know who next week we think will win those matches. And who knows when another match or two might be thrown on as well. So, folks, stay tuned. Things are getting very, very interesting. Excuse me. As the summer is starting to heat up, however, and the temperatures are starting to rise, in more ways than one. Uh, some other news to point out, of course, WWE Monday Night Raw this past Monday scored a 2.05. Of course, they were in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania last night. They were in, uh, believe it or not, Rochester, New York at the Blue Cross Arena. Of course, this coming next Monday, they will be at the Cajun Dome in Lafayette, Louisiana, of course, and in New Orleans next Tuesday night at the Smoothie King Center. They're on Bourbon Street in the French Quarter in uh, the Big Easy. Tickets are still on sale, I believe, for both of those shows. If you will, so you might want to check your local Ticketmaster or call to your ticket box office today to make sure those tickets are available. Also, ladies and gentlemen, coming up this Friday morning at 10 a.m. at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York at 10 o'clock Eastern, tickets will go on sale for WWE NXT Brooklyn 3. Yes, folks, NXT will be returning the night before SummerSlam once again at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn coming up on Saturday night, August the 19th, ladies and gentlemen, at the Barclays Center one night before SummerSlam in Brooklyn. And tickets go on sale this coming Friday morning, ladies and gentlemen, at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Excuse me, in Brooklyn. And I believe uh, tickets will go on sale also, maybe if they haven't gone on sale already, will also go on sale really soon for SummerSlam. But I can imagine SummerSlam tickets are almost sold out. I can imagine the Monday Night Raw following uh, SummerSlam, which will probably be in Brooklyn again, like it was last year, however, uh, will be sold out once again. And I imagine this Friday morning, however, there won't be that many tickets uh, go- left, however, if you try to get your tickets late, however, however, for the NXT TakeOver show in Brooklyn. Of course, a lot of people already are talking about some of the matches that they may see. And this is early rumors they're talking about now, folks. These are a couple of matches we might see in Brooklyn. It could be for the NXT World's Heavyweight Championship. Bobby Roode, the glorious one, taking on his former uh, NXT, uh, TNA mate, if you will, the so-called one-time, excuse me, the one-time WWE chosen one, if you will, Drew McIntyre, a.k.a. Drew Galloway, or we could see Hideo Tommy maybe uh, exercise his rematch clause with Commissioner William Regal and demand another matchup against Bobby Roode after what had happened in Chicago just less than a month ago, or should I say three weeks ago, we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. Also, ladies and gentlemen, there has been talk that the Japanese female fighting warrior princess herself, the undefeated Asuka, will be taking on 
either Ruby Riot once again or possibly Nikki Cross at Brooklyn. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. Also, there's been talk that the Authors of Pain will be back in action, however, in Brooklyn uh, this year at NXT TakeOver. The question is now, however, consisting of this, however, who will they take on? Will they take on uh, possibly the team of Sanity, Eric Young and Alexander uh, Dane? Or will they uh, find a new team to take on and destroy them after destroying, however, the DIY team, however, and leaving them out there strewn out all over the uh, United Center, excuse me, the All-State Arena uh, building, however, just a few weeks ago. And, of course, as you know, following NXT TakeOver Chicago, we saw what happened with the team with Johnny Gargano and Tomasio Chiappa calling it quits. Apparently, Chiappa attacked Gargano following the NXT TakeOver show just a few weeks ago. And we understand how that Gargano is uh, still not very happy about his former teammate's actions, even though he will be out of action for quite some time, referring to Tomaseo Chiappa, however, due to a severe knee injury. I can only imagine how when he returns and where he returns, that Gargano will be seeking retribution on him in more ways than one. So, folks, I'll tell you what, things are getting very heated, however, in NXT. Uh, but speaking of heat, ladies and gentlemen, that leads me to my last point of the uh, show here before we call it quits here this afternoon. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about the Great Balls of Fire matchup coming up uh, in less than five weeks. Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe, we saw what happened Monday night when Samoa Joe choked out Paul Heyman. We understand that Brock Lesnar was uh, not very happy what Samoa Joe did to his handler slash manager this past week. You can only imagine that this week there's going to be a lot of anger, there's going to be a lot of resentment and hostility, but there's also going to be a lot of explosions coming out of uh, this uh, coming Monday night is to build up a great balls of fire for these two, however, for the universal title, however, if you will, which will be consisted of great balls of fire five weeks from this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, in Dallas, however, at the American Airlines Center, if you will, in Big D, however, Texas might not be big enough to hold these two gentlemen. I mean, Texas might not be big enough to hold anyone after seeing these two battle. And, of course, who knows what we're going to see this coming Monday in the Cajun Dome. But I'll tell you one thing, folks. It is going to be very physical, it's going to be very intense, it's going to be very, uh, I wouldn't say extreme, but it could be that, but it is just going to be absolutely really, really interesting to see how these two, however, are going to do uh, coming up, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in five weeks' time. So, folks, I'll tell you what, Howard, if you think uh, what we saw earlier this year between Goldberg and uh, Kevin Owens and even Seth Rollins Triple H was extreme, you haven't seen extreme yet, folks, believe you me. It's going to be very extreme to say the least, however, mind you, however. It is going to be very, very extreme in more ways than one. And I'll tell you one thing, folks. Uh, come, uh, like I said, however, these two guys are going to be absolutely tearing each other to shreds, however, I'm sure, coming up in uh, Dallas here in a few weeks. So, folks, uh, I cannot wait to t- tell you to say the least, however. It's going to be very interesting to watch because it is going to be very very interesting to watch, like I said, however. Like I said, we're going to definitely keep an eye on that. And I think, uh, I know it's crazy, however, mind you, however, we're going to uh, uh, take you out with a little, like I said, we're going to uh, take you out with a very unique uh, theme here today. Uh, this is consisting of uh, what I think these two uh, guys will be like. Uh, this comes from the 1978 uh, horror film, Damien Omen 2, however, and of course the billing for this uh, song, for this uh, title was simply called the first one was only a warning. Well, guess what, folks? I think after what we saw last Monday night or this past Monday night between uh, Samoa Joe and Heyman, however, 
the first time might have been the one you have. By now, it could be more personal ways, more ways than one. So here's a little Jerry Goldsmith for you of uh, the Damien Omen 2 soundtrack. And this is for, of course, the big uh, hype up between Brock Lesnar and uh, Samoa Joe. So, folks, thank you for listening in this afternoon. We're going to cut it a little short here, as we can tell. Uh, not much else to discuss. Uh, we will be back at 6.30 p.m. Mr. WCW and myself will be on. Then at 8 o'clock, hopefully, we'll have the King and Queen of Madness along with whoever else comes on on the wrestling debate. And then at 9 o'clock, we'll be recapping SmackDown for you about last night's show and tell you what other news and headlines we've got going for you in the wire service. And, of course, John Gross will have your birthdays and dates. So, folks, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday at the same time. However, we're sorry we couldn't be there last night. We had some prior obligations fulfilled. But, folks, we will be back in our time slot next week. So for now, ladies and gentlemen, here's a little music for you to close it out in more ways than one. So for now, this is the Iceman, Jared DiGiolmo, saying so long for now, and we'll talk to you later on this evening. Have a good rest of the afternoon, everyone, and enjoy the rest of your day. That was just a sample, and now we're going to play for you another sample.